Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And he's just coming to the One-sided battering. It was a really, really good performance from Chantel Cameron from start to finish. Oh my! Explosive! Cap it, folks! That was human dynamite! Absolutely explosive! I don't even know where to start. There was so much action on the weekend, so much great boxing action, not just here, but across the pond as well. But first thing, let me bring in the great mind of boxing, um, the great Gareth A. Davis, who joins me now. Gareth, as always, my man, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure as always, Addy. As, as it is for you, as it is. it is for me, it's our favourite hour of the week, and I know that. It's your favourite hour on radio. Easily my favourite hour, <laughs> with a capital E. Gareth, look, we've got to start with this matchroom card, which I thought, by the way... Fantastic card, by the way, from top to bottom. How good was this? Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we saw, um, you know, uh, Josh Kelly step up in class and yeah. get a gut check, real proper gut check for the first time. But it's very young in his career, mm. in only his 12th fight, 26-year-old. He's highly touted. And he got found wanting, you know, it was, a, as I say, gut check fight, clear step up in class. He didn't pass it. Yeah. And he's got to go back to the drawing board and balance more substance over style in future performances, in my view. Jordan Gill looked pretty good. Did, didn't he's he? still got work to do. He did, but he's still got work to do. All these guys are getting tough Mexicans at the moment. And, <laughs> you know, obviously, Avanesian is not a Mexican. He's an Armenian-Russian based in the UK. Brilliant character. Um, Florian Marku, the Albanian who's based over here under Matchroom, looked very good against Ryland Charlton, actually showed his genuine boxing skills uh, this time and you know all in all it was a really good night and you know it taught us a lot of things on Saturday nights and it was like you say it was thoroughly entertaining yeah boxing's always about sort of those levels those step-ups but behind the scenes it's always about matchmaking as well in sort of when and when not to kind of push your talent we've always thought of Josh Kelly being a talent over here very flashy I'm not a fan of that Philly Shell style but look that that's his style 
Um, was this good matchmaking or was it just a case of, look, this is boxing and, and it was the right fight at the right time or, or was this a step too far too early? No, it's, I think it's, I think it's um, you know, both his trainer, Adam Booth, uh, mm. thinking that he is ready for this. Yep. It's, it's Eddie Hearn um, looking to step the kid up in, in class. Yeah. You know, look, boxing, there's two things that always hold in boxing um, that styles make fights and they do, yeah. and and the particular style. This is a. There's a lot of very aggressive, relentless welterweights out there. Conor Ben would would come in exactly the same way uh, against Josh Kelly. So Josh Kelly needs to work out um, this kind of planting his feet more um, and being elusive because yeah. that's his style. But planting his feet more and getting a deeper respect from fighters after the fourth and fifth rounds of fights. So you know it's it's a it's a learning fight. Look. He's, he's still very young in his career. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali lost five times. There's great fighters that have lost several times. Mm. Um, and, and they just come back from it and they learn. A loss is not a loss. They say it's a learn. And he will have learnt uh, from this. And like you say, it's about the, the timing to step up in levels. It goes wrong sometimes. You know, w w you learn to win and lose. And, and it's as simple as that. And I thought David Avenician was, was very poignant afterwards, saying you lose some nights... You get up and come again. Look, this is a guy, as we spoke about last week, who'd been in against the likes of Lamont Peterson, Shane Mosley, an ageing Shane Mosley. And, you know, is a veritable kind of, maybe not elite, but he's a world title level fighter at the moment. And he's probably improving all the time. The two victories are against Alejarraga um, proved I'm that. I'm so happy you pronounced that. I was waiting to do it, but I'm so happy you did it. Yeah, well, we, listen, tú no hablas español, creo. No, no, no sé si hablas español o no, si eres un aficionado de Canelo o no, si has encontrado, te, uh, si has encontrado con, con Canelo ya, no, no sé. ¿Tú? Yes. You see? Yes. Silencer. Yes. Okay. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is talk about um, Josh Kelly possibly going up to 154. Look, I have to be honest, he looked massive in the ring. Look big on the scales as well. I hate that when a fighter loses and we start to talk about okay him going up when he was. I saw the interviews prior to him getting in the ring and he was very you know confident about his ability to campaign at one four seven. He looks like he's stuck between one four seven and one fifty four. Like if there was a one fifty weight class, that would be Josh Josh Kelly's weight class. What do you do? Do you think you stick him at one fifty four? There's some good fights over here, some good kids over here in this country, or do you maybe try and make the one four seven limit again? I think he stays at welterweight. He's always been a welterweight, and I think he stays there. And I think it's just um, he'll find out what he needs to do against uh, against aggressive counterpunchers, uh, against aggressive bullish fighters, and just develop a style around that. He's obviously got a lot of abilities, and you know, Avenician was a step too far too soon. And I don't look. What what I like is that neither. Josh Prettyboy Kelly nor Adam Booth mm. have come out and said anything since. They've kept yeah. it shtum. I mean, I tried to contact Adam yesterday. He doesn't talk to him anymore, the Dark Lord. I left the Dark <laughs> Lord a voice message on... No, exactly. But I left the Dark Lord, as I call him, on uh, uh, a message on WhatsApp yesterday. He definitely read it. I got the blue tick. Um, he's not secretive. He oh, lets you know he's read ticked. it or listen to it. And um, he didn't come back. But, you know, it's quite wise. What, what are they going to say? Mm. He, he got caught. He got hurt. The towel came in at the right time. And, you know, they just go back to the drawing board. You dust off. He's going to be feeling really horrible at the moment. He's, you know, and it's one of the things that I, I will say in this sport. You know, we've all got involved in sport in our lives and it's horrible when you lose. Mm. And one of the things I'm very conscious of is if people want space afterwards, let them have it. Let them have that space because 
you know, you've got to have empathy in what we do. That, that's where social media is so cruel now. You know, there's so much schadenfreude, there's so much wallowing in other people's misfortune that when someone does lose, I think you should give them space and give them respect. Yeah, and one thing I hate just to add to that as well is when boxers lose because of this fixation now of keeping your own record, everyone thinks it's the end and it clearly isn't the no, end. Like you said, there's no. some fantastic... But, I mean, Bernard Hopkins... One of the greatest middleweights of all time lost his first fight. I mean, you, you can come again, not a problem. Uh, let's talk about um, the fight cards in America, a couple of big ones as well. Adrian the Problem Broner is back. We haven't seen him in the ring for two years since that Manny Pacquiao defeat. He's not won a fight since 2017, the Granada split decision win. He is back. He has won. I just feel like, look, he's two years out, so it was always going to be rusty, but I just, I'm happy that he's fighting again because we know if he doesn't fight, he has so many other issues outside of the ring that just seem to take him away from boxing. So I'm just happy that AB's back. Yeah, I mean, he's a difficult character. I mean, and he's got a, he's got a difficult lifestyle. And he's got demons, doesn't he? I mean, mm. you, you know, I like to say, he hadn't won since Adrian Granados. Um, I'm pulling out all this trend. Oh, I'm you, you pulling out really all are. the accents. Really I'm going I'm I'm to crush you with Spanish <laughs> today. But no, but the, but you know, he hadn't won since uh, like it's four years, isn't it? Since he won, so. But those losses, to remember, are to Mikey, or the two losses are to Mikey Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. No, no shame there, by the way. Mm. And a draw with Jesse Vargas. So, um, look, he, he he's still a little portly um, for me. He's not, you know, Adrian Broner was at his best at lightweight, in my view, so far in his career. Um, but... You know, I mean, I'm, I saw him jogging the other day before the fight, and he still looked rounder than me. Yeah, agreed. And, um, you know, yeah, you haven't seen me recently. How do you know I'm that round? But I, no, I, but, I, I, <laughs> I, I stalk no, but, you. Yeah, exactly. I, it's you, is it? It's me, it's me, um, it's me. It's no, me. But, the, but the thing is, you know, you know, he's had terrible um, personal issues. You know, um, you know, he's been jailed, misdemeanor for battery, allegedly choking a waitress in Las Vegas and, um, you know, like just terrible stuff going on all the time. Um, and so it's great to see him back. He's at his healthiest when he's in a gym and, you know, and, and he's his happiest when he's boxing. I, th I saw his interview afterwards. He's very mellow. Um, and he knows how far away he is from how good he can really be. Because yeah, yeah. he had that jack-in-the-box skill that we talk about Javonta Davis right now. You know, it's similar to that at one time. And, uh, you know, when, he, when he's good, he's very, very bad, good. And when he's bad, he's horrid. Yeah. Uh, the fight of the night well, in America, the fight of the weekend was uh, Miguel Bichelt versus Oscar Valdez. Um, what a performance from Oscar Valdez. I've been waiting for this one because I've I followed him since he had those fights in the amateurs with Vasil Lomachenko. I've always said he was good, but I was afraid that he gets hit too much. He's now obviously with that Canelo camp with the likes of Andy Ruiz, Canelo, Ryan Garcia, Martinez. He looked really good. And that was, that knockout, that uppercut walking backwards, stunning. Mm. What a performance yeah, from Oscar Valdez. It was. I mean, he had him hurt by then. Look, Burchelt, as I said on the show last week, Burchelt is a very formidable super featherweight. Yes. He'd been champion since 2017. This was the seventh defense of his title. He went He went to uh, WBC super featherweight, wasn't it? He went into this with 33 knockouts from his seven, 37 victories. Mm. He's a very, very... Um, astute and clever and dangerous and very hard Mexican fighter. This was a, a really brilliant all-Mexican fight. I mean, I, I, I take you back to March 2018, um, and I covered four talk sports, actually, with Don McGuinness and Raimondo Beltran, who I got in two, at two minutes' notice to come and commentate between it's rounds. easy work for, for you. 
We, we, yeah, but we were under a rain sheet that day because we were in Carson in the StubHub Centre outside. It was pissing with rain. Abs I'm not, I, it was the heaviest rain I've ever experienced. It was raining it, cats and dogs. It, it, it was worse than that. It was worse than that. It, it, it was raining small elephants, all right? <laughs> and we, and, we, we, did, and, and, and we, we literally did commentary under this plastic sheet for the whole fight. And Oscar against Scott was Oscar Valdez against Scott was a brilliant fight that night. Scott could never quite get a foothold in the fight, but I was entranced by Oscar Valdez meeting him and his trainer then Manny Robles, obviously who trained Andy Ruiz. And he's a very impressive individual, Valdez. The performance itself, Eddie, on 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 Saturday night in the early hours in the, in, in Bob Arum's Las Vegas top rank bubble was um, he 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 was so smart because he he, he put Burchelt down in the fourth. Mm. Burchelt then gave everything he's got. Every single thing, yeah. Everything he's got up to, you know, for the next five rounds. But Valdez stayed smart. He's got a fantastic chin. It's, listen, he broke, he, he busted his chin that night against uh, his jaw against Scott Quigg. Scott Quigg. He's so tough. He's got a kind of an ability to be so resilient. And, you know, he was smart. He knew another opportunity would come and he took it magnificently in the 10th round. He was the underdog. He'd come up a weight class. Do you know, here's an interesting fact I dug out about these two. When they were young Mexican fighters, because Burchelt was a very decent soccer player and I think played semi-pro or maybe even pro for a tiny little bit. Um, um, they were both featherweights mm. uh, as, as young amateurs. Yeah. And they never fought each other, right, as amateurs. But um, Valdez was always picked to represent Mexico and obviously went to the Olympics for them. But Burchelt never got a look in for Mexico at featherweight because Valdez was the man. And I wonder mm. whether when they went into the bout, it gave Valdez that an amazing bit of sense edge, of confidence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, little things like that often do give someone an edge, even if it's just psychologically and mentally. I thought it was very interesting. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away. Oh, from a very oh, good one, a shot from Alexander Pavekin, and he's knocked Gillian White cold here. 
round twice. He finds one huge shot that lays out white. Yeah, we're going to be talking Dillian White versus Povetkin in a minute. A guy that could be in the mix to fight the winner of the two fights is heavyweight Otto Wollen, who staked his claim for a high-profile fight. One of the division's leading fighters of that big win over Dominic Brazil at the weekend. Uh, Volin is known to most fight fans in the UK as the man who cut open Tyson Fury's eye before he defeated Deontay Wilder last year. You must remember that. And earlier last week, I spoke with him about how he thinks a fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua would pan out. I think that there's a lot of good options, a lot of good fights. And and uh, like you said, Fury and Joshua, I hope that gets made because that's I think that's really good boxing and the division. So guys coming up and I'm one of them and try to prove a point and show that I belong. You've already proved that point. You don't have to prove it again. We saw it against Tyson Fury, a guy that right now everyone's struggling to prove a point against. You went in there. I mean, look, us hardcore boxing fans knew who you were, but a lot of casual fans like, who's this guy? We want to see Fury Wilder. Who's Otto Volin? You come in there and you caused what nearly was a massive upset. And when you look back at that performance, you look at with pride, do you still think, well, I lost though? How do you look at it? I mean, I look at it with pride. I, you know, I gave everything I had. I had done everything I could in training and I put everything on the line in the fight and, uh, you know, had a good performance. Mm. Didn't go all the way, but felt like uh, I was pretty close. I felt like the cut was pretty bad. Yeah. So I felt like they could have stopped it. But, you know, that's boxing and he fought like a champion and he didn't want to quit. So all respect to Fury. It was a good fight, hopefully. Now I just got to, you know, keep moving forward, keep working and keep winning. And then I show that I, I deserve another shot. You've been in there against Tyson Fury. You've sparred AJ. You've fought AJ as an amateur. How do you see that fight playing out? I think that Joshua, he's, he's a really good fighter. And he's, you know, one of the best right now. He, I think it's him and Fury that are all the best. And I've been watching uh, Joshua's fight with Brazil lately. And, I mean, he looked great in that fight to me. He, mm. he looks really confident and sharp and fast, strong. So I feel like maybe somewhere along the, along the way, he's lost a little confidence. And, mm. and maybe I feel like he's trying to explore more sides of him, which is not bad. But I think he has got to remember who he is and that he's a, a good fighter, you know, being aggressive and, and throw his combinations like he's, he's doing. That's, I feel like, when he's the best. So I think that's, that's what he got to bring. But I feel with Fury, you know, he's a big guy and very good boxer and awkward. So I think that's going to give him some problem. I think Fury is probably in a better space, in a better place. He's got, he's got good momentum and he's got good confidence. So I think that, that might be the edge that he needs. And I, I, to me, Fury is the favorite. Yeah, I think a lot of people will, will edge to Fury as well. I mean, look, it's a fantastic fight. Let's hope it happens. Uh, what surprised you most about Tyson Fury? A lot of boxers talk about his speed for such a big man, his lateral movement. What, what surprised you the most? Yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me. I knew that he had good speed. I've been watching him over the years and we were studying him before the fight, of course. So we knew that he has good movements, good speed. So we were trying to take that away and, and be aggressive. And also he's a big guy, so hit the body because he's <laughs> a good upper body movement. And that's the things you got to do with him because he likes to be awkward and, you know, dance and put his hands behind his back and... And all, all that type of stuff. So we try to be aggressive and take that away. 
Swedish heavyweight Otto Wallen, who I spoke to earlier in the week before that big win for him against Dominic Brazil on the weekend. Let's welcome in, as always, Gareth A. Davis to the conversation. Uh, Gareth, a uh, big win for Otto Wallen there against Dominic Brazil, who, who for me now has, almost, has turned into a bit of a gatekeeper in the heavyweight division. Yeah, I think you have to give Brazil, who's not ranked in the top 15 with any of the four sanctioning bodies at the moment, a little bit of credit because he'd been out for 21 months, yeah, Addy. So, um, look, Otto Willen, I watched the fight, has outwilled him mm. in that fight and, you know, was was formidable. And, you know, um, it was landing his straight left really well. Um, really good punches from, from Otto in that fight. And he looked good. I mean, he's, I think he's 15 with the WBA at the yeah. moment in their rankings and 14 with the IBF. So he's there, thereabouts. So he's... He's a, he, he's a good mandatory, if, uh, a good um, voluntary if someone, you know, wants to fight him. But everyone, of course, is out of the picture at the moment in terms of fighting for the belts because of this talk of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua fighting each other soon. And it, it brings into question, of course, that when Tyson Fury fights um, Anthony Joshua, if it's July, he'll have been out for 18 months. I think it's a massive factor because of COVID, this kind of year layoff that a lot of top level or elite boxers have had I think he's uh, he does his work he studies in the background you can tell that with him so you know he's ship shape and and uh, I think he'll do well in the division and that that night where he cut Tyson Fury open we've got to remember what a brilliant job Jorge Zapatillo did that night uh, in the corner on the eye it was just extraordinary and you know Tyson Fury, I don't know if a lot of people know about this, but Tyson Fury really rewarded Zapatio. Mm. I heard but this, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so it is out there. But, you know, very generous towards him because he saved him in, in a big banana skin fight. And, you know, Wall, Wallen's a good guy. No question about it. Yeah, good guy, good fighter as well. And I agree with you. I think he'll be in the mix. Uh, it is the blue ribbon division, the heavyweight division. And we just heard a couple of days ago that Dylan White versus Povetkin will, fight, will take place in Gibraltar, which came as a bit of a surprise for, for a lot of people. Um, how do you see this fight going on, the longer that Povetkin takes to have it? Because I think Povetkin in his age, I think Dylan White maybe having more time to change with his trainer and learn a couple of things. How do you think this fight plays out now? Well, I love the fact it's called the Rumble on the Rock, first of all. You know, I just love that. And that's going to, you know, because it's just, it trips off the tongue. And, you know, I think the big factor in this is how COVID has affected Alexander Povetkin. Good shout. Because yeah. he had it. And, like, apparently he was in hospital with it and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't too well with it. And it may have depleted his body in some way. You know, I, I still think it's a very dangerous fight for uh, Dillian White. I think this is going to be a short fight. I think it's going to be shorter than the last time. Um, and if it goes longer, I think Povetkin will be exhausted. Dillian White is going to the wire with his training for this fight. Um, I think it'll be over in three or four rounds, one way or the other. Could he have overtrained for this one? We know he's had a couple of camps and the fight's been cancelled. Is there a danger that Dillian White might have overtrained? Nah, he'd fight every week if he could. Yeah, you know, right. he's that kind of guy. He's, On the cobbles. He's, he's, he's a proper Jamaican and he's brilliant. <laughs> and I, lo I love Dillian for that. A one-sided battering. It was a really, really good performance from Chantel Cameron from start to finish. Well, normally it's an agonizing wait, isn't it, when you have a world title fight, Matt, and you're not sure how the judges are going to score it there. They, they couldn't have given a round, surely, to Arujo. No, I, I haven't seen a more one-sided fight, world title fight in a long, long time. That was uh, punch perfect.
been waiting to speak to this young lady for a while. We haven't spoke in a couple of months. That young lady is the current WBC female super lightweight champion of the super welterweight, sorry, champion of the world, uh, Chantel Cameron, who joins me now. Chantel, normally I kick things off. Oh, is Gar Chantel's not there. We are going to get her in a couple of minutes. We are trying to get her. Gareth, we're waiting to get Chantel up. Um, look, she. I know what she wants. I know the first thing she's probably going to ask me or, or want to ask the, the listeners is about Katie Taylor. That's the big fight she wants. How possible do you think that fight is, Gareth, for the end of 2021? Yeah, it's always possible. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a great matchup. Um, you know, and, and Chantel is undefeated still. Um, she's a formidable... Um, you know, boxer, and I think there's, you know, she lost to to Katie at the European Championships ten years ago mm. um, as an amateur. Um, I think it was in the semis. So you know, it's you know, it's, it's, there's every possibility. I mean, I, I want to ask her about Buffy the Vampire Slayer this afternoon and the Scooby Gang, um, which were probably completely thrown you off piece there. I don't mean to throw you under no, the bus. No, it's okay. It's okay. But, but when she comes on, I'm definitely going to ask her about it. She's a very interesting character. Um, look, everybody wants. Everybody wants to fight uh, Katie Taylor because she's, she's, you know, as Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao were in the, in the welterweight division, she's the money fight. So uh, so let's find out. Yeah, let's find out indeed. Chantel, you're hearing that. I mean, we've got questions about Buffy, the, the vampire slayer coming up for you as well. <laughs> that, 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 that's me. You leave that alone, no, 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 Eddie. No, no. I'm question. a fan as well. He'll have the question for you. Chantel, I'm not even going <laughs> to kick off with boxing. I, I want to ask, how are you, Chantel? I know... You've had a crazy week. UPS uh, allegedly stole oh. stole some of your goods. Your car's been smashed into. Things okay? Yeah, good. And to top it off, the same night, an electric scooter ran into me. Oh. The same, the, that night, and I was like, oh, today's been an absolute disaster. All the bad luck for February, which will mean good luck for March for your fight. So so let, let's take all of it now. Let all this bad luck come right now. <laughs> How, how's training, though, Chantel? Good luck about it now. How's training? Really good, yeah. We just finished sparring about um, half an hour ago, and I'm feeling good, yeah. Feeling really good. I'm excited for this fight. I've had a great camp so far. What well, one of the things? Right, I'm going straight on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer here, and there's a reason for that because apparently watching that and Claude Van Damme actually got you into fight sports, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. I used to be obsessed, so I had every single box set of uh, Buffy the Vampire. And I think I must have watched it every night and just used a lot to reenact it and pretend I was Buffy. <laughs> Chantel, can I ask you about becoming a world champion? Look, first and foremost, look, congratulations, you're a world champion. I, I say that because I was reading somewhere where you said you don't feel like a world champion. And I, and I wonder, is that because not much has changed because we are in lockdown, to be fair? Or is it because it was a vacant belt and when you defend it, you're going to feel like, yep, I am the world champion? What's the reasons? Yeah, it was quite weird, really, because um, when I won the belt, obviously I was ecstatic. I just achieved one of my dreams. But then after, it kind of hit my bottom and thought, I don't feel no different. I feel just the same boxer, the same person in the gym. Like, nothing changes, like nothing at all changes. All you, all that changes, you become a target. Whereas I used to always be the one chasing, where now there's opponents out there that are chasing me. And I think that's the only thing that's changed now is... I'm not having to chase fights anymore as much. So um, that's the only thing that's really changing. Yeah, maybe lockdown, I'm not sure, but I think it's because the sort of character I am as well. Even though I won the world title in October, that's not the final my final ambition in boxing. I want to mm. be undisputed. So I think maybe for me it was just I've just ticked one of the boxes and that's not the end goal for me. I want to be strapped up in all the belts. 
Right, Addy's going to talk to you about boxing today, and I'm going to stay on Buffy the Vampire. Right, go go okay, ahead, so. Gareth, you've got it. Um, so, so how big a fan are you? <laughs> well, I haven't watched it for a good 15, 10, 15 right, years. Right, but I want, I'm going to test your knowledge now, because you clearly wanted to be in the Scooby gang for a start, yeah? <laughs> so, so, so who's... This is a good one. Addy will like this as well, because I'm friends with Lee Dixon. This is the clue, okay? I'm okay. friends with Lee Dixon... And one of the characters in Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the daughter of one of the footballers who played with Lee Dixon at Arsenal. No way. Way. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, no Three, idea. Two, one, boop, boop. Sorry, you didn't get it. It's the, the character Harmony, who's Mercedes oh, okay. McNabb, who's Bob McNabb's daughter, believe it or not. I knew that. I knew it. You didn't? Oh, no, you it. should have piped up then, it. shouldn't you? I was given Shannon. Well, look, she's the guest. I didn't want to like, take chance. her. Yeah, I knew it, though. Honestly, Shannon, I didn't He's know. secretly still watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He just doesn't <laughs> want to admit it. Yeah, it's, it was it's on, a terrific it's on Dave series. TV every Thursdays. I do watch it. Um, Chantel, I want to go back to boxing, Chantel. Uh, Gareth can stick to Buffy the Vampire. I want to talk to boxing. You know, like... We always constantly hear about the growth of female boxing in this country, and look, I think um, I think they are doing a great job in terms of pushing it. But how much more do they need to push it? You're there. You're a female boxer. You're a world champion, which is the top of your sport. How far do you think they still need to go? I think three minute rounds. I think that's the biggest thing. I think um, all of us women. I don't, I don't think I've spoke to one one woman who said that they don't want the rounds to ch change from two minutes to three minutes like everybody wants three minute rounds so i definitely say three minute rounds will make it more entertaining and more stoppages which the fans want to see and two minutes is too quick i think i think it changes the whole tempo of the fight mm. it's kind of it's it's too fast it's you got to get in get your work done and get out again and then you have a minute break and the same thing i just don't think two minutes is is good like i think three minutes would be a lot better and a lot more entertaining I think 50-50 um, fights, more of them, the best versus the, the best. Versus the best. Yep. And the promoters keep promoting women's boxing, keep putting a woman's card on, like doing a full woman's card maybe, or mm. every, every card they try to get a woman's bout on there. But I think a woman's card or even a woman's tournament would do absolute numbers. It would, just, it would be a game changer. Like, no, not the anti Put, Look, you're put, the one that does... Chantal, you're the one that does the fighting, but I think two-minute rounds are right. Because I think... Yeah. And the reason why... The, I, I agree with you about there's more chance to knock out your opponent in three rounds, and we do see that very yeah. often, where, you know, two rounds passes so quickly. And I don't remember it... I don't know if it was God who invented three-minute rounds, but no-one knows who invented three-minute rounds. I mean, it was seven-minute rounds in the old Victorian fairground booths when, when the punters used to sap up against the pros and try and kind of knocked them out and they exhausted the punters. MMA's five minutes. But one of the yeah. things I think is good at the moment for women's boxing is that because there's two-minute rounds, it is all action and I think we're enjoying it more, if you know what I mean. Um, yes, yeah, so it's, 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 it's a positive as well, you know. Yeah, it's very fast, high pace, but I think the most the majority of the women I spoke to, just we all want three minute rounds, and the men do three minute rounds. The amateurs, females, they do three minute rounds. Like the men, so yeah. I just it would I think for my style it would definitely suit me more. So obviously I'm going to be biased and be saying I want three minute rounds. I think it would suit suit my style to the T, but um, I think it would just it'd be a lot more entertaining.
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Chantel. Sorry, Gareth. I agree with you, Chantel, just because, <laughs> you know what it is? I, I feel like every time it just about gets going, the bell comes. And I, and I feel like there are some fighters that have the engines to do three minutes so easy. Um, I want to talk about your opponent that you take on, Melissa Hernandez, um, March 20th. Obviously, a former world champion herself at a lower weight class, but she brings that experience to the table. Um, how much do you know about her? She's very experienced. Obviously, she's been around for a long time. Um, I'm really looking forward to this fight because I think it's going to be a tough fight for me. Not so much physically, but mentally. Um, she's slick. She's awkward. She's going to frust try to frustrate me. But you do the work in the gym, and then when it comes to fight night, it's not that much of a struggle. So I've done. I've, at the moment, I'm ticking all the boxes in the gym, and as long as what I'm doing in the gym, I take it with me fight night then I think it's going to be a good win for me. And not just a good win, I think it's a win where I can really put myself out there mm. and show people what I can do. So I'm looking forward to it and I've got that I've got that fire in my belly because now I am a world champion. I'm not looking to lose my belt in my first defence. I want to move we, on seen, to unifications. We've seen people like Caressa Shields, Chantel, um, kind of dabble with MMA at the moment as well, mixed martial arts. And obviously you started in kickboxing at 10. You did Muay Thai. I think you did that till you were in your mid-teens, 16. Um, you know, you're, you're a natural fighter, a martial artist. Is there any yeah. chance that we could ever see you in mixed martial arts? Getting a bit of, Do you ever get any groundwork in? To be fair, I've done a bit of um, groundwork with Leah McCourt. She's on Bellator. So I've done some MMA training with Leah, but at the moment I'm just going to focus on the boxing and I can still kick, that's the thing. I actually can still, I've still got good kicks on me and I've still got good knees and elbows. So I've still got it, but I just want to focus on boxing for now and uh, maybe in the future MMA. But a bit of dabbling in the training doesn't harm anyone. Um, final question, Chantel. And look, if I didn't ask this question, your Twitter followers would kill me because um, you were told they were coming and they said, ask her about Katie Taylor. That's all they want to know is about Katie Taylor and that possible fight. There are other girls in and around your weight class as well. McCaskill obviously is having that rematch with Cecilia Brackers. If you get past this one, has there been any conversation about a mega fight with any of the girls I just mentioned at the back end of 2021? Unfortunately, not, no. So, uh, right, we need to send this clip into Eddie Hearn and everyone at Matchroom right now. There needs to be conversations. There needs to be. No, um... I just, I've been told unifications. I thought this fight was going to be unification, but then a mandatory was thrown on me. Mm. So um, got to get past Melissa, and then I'm just hoping I get get the unification fights. So I say I say it all the time. My dreams to become undisputed world champion. And the world champion for me just ain't good enough. I want all the belts. Love it. Love that hunger. I honestly, <laughs> Chantel, every time we speak, I love the hunger. Uh, good luck against Melissa Hernandez, March 20th. Really? I'll, I'll be tuning in no matter what. And fingers crossed we can speak after about what next for 2021. Maybe Kate Thank Taylor. You. Maybe. All right, Chantel Cameron. They're the current WBC female light welterweight champion. I remember you're listening to Fight Night Daily Edition here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Lodipo and Gareth A. Davis. Remember, we're here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any of the show and would like to listen again, remember to check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. Fight Night, daily edition on TalkSport 2.
Good afternoon, it is Fight Night Daily, daily edition here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. Remember, if you've missed any of today's shows, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for the Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. You'll be able to check out some of the other great boxing programming such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life and a very good one. Check this one out, The Boy from Brownsville, The Mike Tyson Story. All right, time now to chat MMA. Um, always look so much MMA action happening every single weekend. Um, I want to talk to Gareth about maybe the next big British thing. And I say big because he is a big lad, Tom Aspinall, uh, in the heavyweight division. Big win, Gareth, for Tom over the veteran and former UFC heavyweight champion, let's not forget, Andre Olovsky. Yeah, it was a very good performance by him. I was really looking forward to, to seeing him in action against Olovsky. It was Olovsky's 50th fight. Wow. He's 42 now. Yeah, I think his first... Uh, fight was 20 years ago. I mean, it's extraordinary that he's managed to to sustain that kind of career in heavyweight MMA, which at the end of the day with four ounce gloves, when you're 265 pounds, a jab, as you know, Addy, can change a contest. And I thought he looked very fast, yeah. great hands, very composed. He's very elusive. And he, he got... Uh, you know, he got the, the victory done by submission. I mean, I don't think Arlovsky fancied it after being battered at one point in, in the first round. But like you say, Michael Bisping's done it at middleweight. Um, he's the greatest export from the UK. Conor McGregor's done it at featherweight and lightweight, obviously from Ireland. And it's time we had someone. It is time. Um, We've in, had in, a heavyweight Particularly the heavyweight division. Because I think it's a great division. Because two or three wins and he could get up there, you know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, two or three wins and he can. I mean, talk about two or three wins. Derek Lewis, fantastic win for him over Curtis Blades. Um, a couple of punches too much for me, if I'm honest yeah. with you. I mean, Curtis Blades, I mean, I know they've had a bit of needle uh, before mm. the fight, but I think um, hopefully Derek Lewis looks back at that. I don't know if he's the kind of character. You know him, I know. Uh, will you look back at that and think, okay, he went too far there, or is it just that's his character? Look, Derek the Black Beast Lewis as he is, he's yeah. an awesome character. <laughs> he he's a very moody character to be around. Mm. Um, and I, I knew him when he first came in the UFC. And you didn't know how to take him, first of all, Addy. Because, and then you realise there's this humour behind this kind of presence he has. He's very quiet and then he comes out with something funny. Yeah, I think those, those punches were... Uh, he's not a bad man either. Those punches... Unnecessary. Lot, yeah, they were. They were. But, you know, unless you are being dragged off, you carry on. And you've seen people come back and win it. But that, that was unnecessary. Um, the funny thing is, and it relates back to Tom Aspinall, Lewis and Blades, Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic. Obviously, Francis Ngannou is about to challenge Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title. Mm. You know... There's not a lot in between. There's, and, you know, Tom Aspinall, he's still very raw. You can see that. But his dad was a jiu-jitsu coach, so he's done that all his life. He's 6'6". He's got brilliant hands. I really do hope, because we do need a star to come through in the UK in that way. Because, you know, we've got, we've got Michael Venom Page. We've got Leon Edwards um, in the UFC and Bellator, respectively. Um, but apart from that, you know, James Gallagher in Ireland. But apart from that, we haven't got someone who can really capture the imagination. I think Aspinall might have it, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. And what, you know, it's weird. You're reading out those names there. And another thing that kind of groups them all together, and I'll, I'll chuck Andre Olovsky and Alistair Overeem, who said he's not going to retire into that. They're all pretty old. I yeah. mean, Aspinall's got a chance just because he's the youngest of that whole crop. Absolutely. No, it, was, it, it did him no harm at all. 
on, on Saturday night. But what was most impressive about him, I thought, was his elusiveness. His, he's very present when he fights. I mean, it's one of the things that I'm really noticing at the moment. Josh Warrington a couple of weeks ago uh, against Mauricio Lara. Josh Kelly against David Avenesian. The fighters who are really winning at the moment are not going out and... Um, exacting the game plan they've put together. It's the people who are present in the moment. Mm, and I think shout. this is through a lot of gym work. You haven't got a crowd there to lift you. Um, and, uh, you know, because in many ways, MMA is a lot noisier than boxing when there's no crowd because you can hear the, the footwork on the canvas a bit more and, you know, the slaps to the mats and the takedowns. And um, it's much more like a, a sparring session or like a tough series than a real event. Yeah, and that's good. Um, that's good. That's a good way of looking at it because it exactly is like the, the, the ultimate fight, a fighting series rather than an event. Hundred percent. I want to quickly uh, move on just because time is against us here, Gareth A. Davis. I want to talk about Leon Edwards, who I think mm -hmm. um, has been extremely unlucky with uh, a recent change of opponent. We hoped it would have been Hamzat Chimaev, and I thought, look, that fight's been scheduled and rearranged like three times now. They're going to park that for a second. Leon Edwards was calling out Colby Covington, which makes sense in the rankings, number two versus number three. In the end, he's going to fight Bilal Muhammad, who's a good fighter. But for Leon Edwards, I mean, this is disappointing. You're fighting someone that's just in and around, what is he, 10, 11 in the rankings, Bilal? Mm -hmm. This isn't the opponent that Leon wants. Look, he has to fight, he has to stay busy, but not the fight he wanted. They like giving him trapdoors so he can slide down the snake rather than climb the ladder. Eh? And I think, um, like you say, Covington would have been brilliant. Um, he's obviously already fought Kamara Usman, who's the champion at the moment, and, and lost to him. But that's a while ago now. Yeah. I think Leon Edwards, pound for pound, is the best British mixed martial artist we have at the moment. Agreed. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a shame it's against Bilal. But, and, and I was look, really looking forward to the Chimeo fight because if he'd come through that, um, he would definitely have been in the frame to fight again for the or fight to fight Usman again why not for yeah. the welterweight crown I think he deserves it and mm. again I do not understand daddy why they aren't promoting this kid up because again gather a following for him and 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 generate the name here I mean I think you know it's not like the UFC have given up in Europe but Bellator are definitely making a big run in Europe they signed with the BBC iPlayer for all their events this year, trying to build that platform, a regular place for people to watch it live, free to air. And Leon Edwards is potentially a star of British MMA for the, for the UFC. So it doesn't really make any sense to me. It doesn't. Uh, Gareth, I want to quickly end on this. I mean, look, it's like we're getting big fights every single weekend right now, MMA or boxing. It doesn't get any bigger than Mr. Saul Alvarez Canelo, who fights this weekend um, against Abney Yildirim. We've got Joseph Parker versus Junior Farr. But let's focus on Canelo for a second. If if he gets pissed past this one, and he should get past Yildirim, let me not try and oversell it to you. Maybe Billy Joe Saunders in May? Oh, yeah. I think Billy Joe Saunders will be ringside. I think it's May the 8th in America. Probably be Miami. Um you know, I think it's a three or five round fight for Canelo. Activity, yeah. activity, momentum. The one in New Zealand, I'm fascinated by as well, by the way, very quickly, because I think they've got 12,000 people going to that. They have. I, expect, I expect Joseph Parker to win it. We miss him in the big mix. We'll get him later on in the year against Derek Chisora if he comes through this. 
I'm happy you just said that because I was going to ask you what what next for Joseph Parker just because like I love him I love everything that he's been doing behind closed doors the little series he's been putting on Instagram but the fact is I love him more in the ring we haven't seen him you're saying if he gets past this they are going to go Chisora possibly I know David A's pushing it that's the fight you think they make for May June possibly yeah yeah it's a great chief support for um for a big card or even a main event and you know, Parker's, what's he fought four times here? Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 he's one of us. That's what I feel <laughs> like with Parker. He's one of us. No, he certainly is one of us. Gareth A. Davis, as always, my man, thank you very, very much. So much to look forward to under that Fight Night banner. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.